Welcome to Inside the Castle, the podcast that goes behind castle doors to have real conversations with real people about solving the nation's toughest challenges. I am one of your hosts for today, Kat McCain. And I'm Aaron Schneider. Today's guests are John Loxley, who's a Harvey Emergency Supplemental Program Manager, and Kelsey Soraka, a cartographer for Galveston District. Thanks for joining us here today. Thank you both for having us. Thank you. For today's episode, we want to showcase one of the Harvey Emergency Supplemental Projects. But before we get into that discussion, um, let's get to know our guests a little bit. Starting with Kelsey, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your role with, within the Corps as it relates to this Harvey Supplemental? Yeah, so I came um, to the Corps in 2018 as a cartographer for the real estate division within the Galveston District to work on the Civil Works land data migration. So after I finished that, I started to move into the supplemental work uh, for the Sabine de Galveston project. What I do for real estate is the mapping for the realty specialist. And what the realty specialists do for these projects is ensuring that we have the proper rights to be on the land. So when we're doing exploratory work during the design phase, ensuring that we have the rights to be on that land. And then when we go into the construction phase, ensuring that we have the proper rights to build on that land and to maintain it afterwards. Great, thanks Kelsey. And I, I think you are probably the first cartographer we've had on this podcast, so congratulations <laughs> for that. And, and when I think of cartographer, exciting. you know, yeah, it's, I'm always thinking like, oh, like they're out there like drawing some maps and, but what is it like in the modern era? Like what does cartography mean with currently with technology? Um, Cause I, I'm guessing it's not as simple as like sitting down with a slide rule or something and drawing some maps. So what, what does cartography entail these days? That is a great question. A lot of times when I talk to people, they don't always know what a cartographer um, means, especially like you said in, in today's age. So when I first got into this field, I did mapping like you're talking about. And actually when I first came to the core and when I was first helping the realty specialists with their maps, a lot of it was paper maps or creating exhibits for our uh, real estate legal instruments. But then what it ended up evolving to, and it's not just me, it's I think the whole you know, cartographer, uh, GIS specialist, just mapping community in general, there was this really big shift to move things online. Static maps, static data started to move towards online web mapping and hosting data online to give more people access to it. What my job is now is I actually do develop a lot of web mapping applications to help display our data, um, to help make it easier to interpret, to kind of create common understandings, and then also being able to host our data in a way that is efficient and gives all the team members on a project access to it and be able to kind of help meet everyone's needs um, when it comes to real estate data. So it's not just maps anymore. It's not just static maps. It's really evolved into this online space. It's pretty neat and it's been a really fun adjustment and it will kind of tie into the things that we're going to talk about today. So I'm very excited about that. That's great. No, that sounds really interesting. So John, will you give us a little bit about yourself? Uh, yeah, sure. And thank you for asking. So uh, John Loxley, Harvey Supplemental Program Manager here for the Southwestern Division. The Harvey Supplemental Program is a subset of the Bipartisan Budget Act uh, that's being executed across the core enterprise. The Southwestern Division portion of that uh, is about $5 billion and approximately 40 projects. Twelve of those projects are in the construction portfolio, and then the ones that we'll focus on, I think, a little bit earlier in our discussion here are those three Sabine Pascal Galveston projects. 
A little bit of background and context on me, though. I've been with the Army Corps of Engineers for approximately 10 years. Uh, those 10 years I've been in the Dallas Metroplex area, uh, originally pro project manager and program manager for the Fort Worth District. And then with the Bipart passing the Bipartisan Budget Act, I uh, was given the opportunity to help manage and execute uh, this large, exciting program here in the, the Southwestern Division. So I, I've been in this role now for uh, approximately two years. Interesting backgrounds, and thank you, uh, Kelsey, for sharing a little bit more about cartography. That, that's really cool, and I'm very interested to learn more about um, the supplemental studies you guys are working on. And as Aaron mentioned before, we are going to showcase a couple of these core emergency supplemental projects today. And in a previous podcast, we did talk about emergency supplementals, which are in the simplest terms a special appropriation the core uses to deliver projects following emergencies such as a large flood event. Um, so Kelsey, can you give us a brief overview of the project that you mentioned and why it qualifies for this program? John, I might need your help understanding or explaining pieces of this, but um, what this project is, it's a flood risk management project that is within Texas. There's three different reaches. So it's in Port Arthur, Orange County, Texas, and Freeport, which is in Brazoria County. In total, there's 16 different contracts in multiple dif different task orders that overlap each other. So it's just this really large project, fast paced. The, from a real estate perspective, um, this has been probably one of the biggest lifts that we've done for acquisition. Definitely an exciting project and has offered many um, opportunities for growth. And John might do a better job explaining um, how it qualifies and more of those kind of details. Sure, Kelsey, and thank you. And, and so what, what you mentioned, Kelsey, is, is absolutely true in terms of uh, the complexity and the importance and the significance of the project. The three to be impacted Galveston projects are, you know, one portion of the construction portfolio here in the Southwest Wind Division, which is also then a subset of the Bipartisan Budget Act. And, and it qualified to be funded out of the Bipartisan Budget Act through the, the storm damage received during the, the Harvey Hurricanes back in 2017. And so the Texas coast, uh, particularly the Gulf Coast there, achieved a significant amount of a storm surge as well as rainfall, and so then these projects uh, will help to address primarily coastal storm risk, uh, but also have an interior drainage component for those those pieces that are integral to the to the projects. Kat. Great, thanks. Thank and, you, and John. So that kind of gives us a a big overview uh, of the the project itself. So, but Kelsey, what specifically is your team doing to help move these projects along? This project, the magnitude of it, has I think really challenge the traditional approach that we take to what we do. The real estate aspect is we are getting access in the proper rights to the land that we need. Um, and that's during design phase and during construction. What we've had to do for this project is think about our approach and how can we still deliver and meet our goals, you know, on time, on budget, and be able to offer all that we're working with, you know, this window of transparency in what we're delivering. So um, kind of what we've done is change up everything that we're doing. <laughs> and everything that we have done for our other projects is kind of the tra uh, traditional method. Now, when we're thinking about our approach for this project, 
we're thinking about how can we handle this land acquisition at a much larger scale, and how can it help position us for you know, future projects of this magnitude. So what we've done is kind of changed up how we're intaking our data and how we're able to share it, and also how we're working with all of our team members around us so that we can work more efficiently and transparently. And through that, we've created these different tools that I'd love to talk about later. And with that, Kelsey, uh, we would love to hear about these innovative tools and anything that you guys did to help um, implement these pro your projects. We'd be interested to hear that now. The magnitude of work was much larger than our normal acquisition. So we needed to think about how we could approach this a little bit differently. And so our first solution was how we were going to intake our information and then disseminate it. And so what we did was we implemented a tool called Smartsheets. And Nicole Schlund, who is a realty specialist, who unfortunately couldn't be here today, she really helped get that going and working on getting the information in that we needed from our realty specialist. Um, because previously on projects, the size of the projects really only required maybe one or two realty specialists, and it didn't require this level of coordination. So she really developed this efficient process for tracking this large amount of rights of entry. Um, there's about 2,000 rights of entry and counting, and it's complex because, because there are multiple contracts, multiple task orders, it's a, it's a lot that can get mixed up, and there's a lot of details, small details that are important that could easily slip through cracks when we're, we're dealing this size of data. So her and I worked together to create this kind of master sheet where we started tracking all of the rights of entry. This process alone was innovative and extremely efficient because we weren't able to provide this level of detail for our acquisition efforts previously, especially at this, at this scale. Through Smartsheets, multiple people are able to enter data at the same time, which when we were trying to get Excel sheets to work, you know, you run into the issue of maybe the file becomes corrupted, someone has it open, what was the latest version of the data? Smartsheets eliminated that issue because it enhances collaboration. Multiple people are able to be in the sheet at the same time, and we're able to easily share it with all of our team members, even our non-federal sponsor and our contractors. So we're able to get all of the important data and have it be accurate to all of the people that need it. And within Smartsheets, we were able to also create dashboards and reports that would make it really easy to provide senior level Army leaders real-time data to make risk-informed decisions. So that was a really big turning point for us. Not only were we able to provide accurate data, um, but we were able to do it in a really efficient way, provide updates to all that we're work all those that we're working with in um, a very transparent way. That is kind of the catalyst of where it started. What this ended up evolving into was taking this data that we started to track and then pushing it into other sources to help create efficiencies within the project to make sure that we are delivering not only the best projects, but on time and the efficiencies that it created, I believe, reduce costs as well because, 
you know, it doesn't, it doesn't require as much manpower to do these things. We're taking the central data set that we created, that all of our realty specialists are inputting data into, and then what I did was I utilized the API of both Smartsheets and AGOL. And what an API is, is it's essentially a way to connect data sets that otherwise function completely separately, independently, and don't interact. I developed this script that kind of runs behind the scenes that takes all of the work and data that our realty specialists are putting within Smartsheets and using it to streamline us updating our GIS data. So not only are we able to now provide live data um, of our acquisition efforts, but we're also able to give a visual for that. And that's really important because then we can create these GIS dashboards that, you know, you can filter and interact with the data and get a visual and have imagery with it. And we're also able to share it out with our other team members and also our contractors. And that has proven to be very important from two standpoints of, one, when we work with the homeowners, when they sign a right of entry, a lot of times there can be site-specific conditions that need to be met before entering the property. And these are the little details that I mentioned before that sometimes could slip through the cracks if you are trying to manage a large data set, uh, especially in the method that we were trying to do it with Excel. It's really important to get these details to people that are boots on the ground. And my favorite example is there's this one property where the homeowner, they want to be notified 48 hours in advance before anyone entering their property. And there's a specific gate that they want anyone that's coming onto the property to use. And then also there's a 12-foot alligator in the southeast corner of the property. That's so important because in this GIS dashboard, if you turn on the work footprint that we've worked with engineering to put into this um, dashboard, you can see where this geotech core boring is happening. It's actually exactly where uh, they said that this alligator lives. It's good because when the people are entering the property, they're able to respect the homeowner's requirements, but we're also ensuring that we're helping keep the people that are boots on the ground safe for things like the alligator. So being able to provide that time, again, real time, and everyone's working off the same data has been a really big game changer in all this. And so getting it to the GIS was our next innovation, and then pushing it even further, it came to when we got to the construction phase, we're beginning to get there for one of our, uh, for the Port Arthur Reach. We're getting into LURD. And what LURD is, is it is the land that the non-federal sponsor needs to acquire for the construction phase. So LURD stands for Land Easement Right-of-Way Relocation and Disposal. Again, because this project is so big, it's, we're not able to track it like we were before. Before, we'd work with a non-federal sponsor and, you know, maybe through email to get updates on how is this acquisition going. You know, and we make a note somewhere on what the status of the acquisition was. But now, I mean, for just Port Arthur, it's just in the beginning, we're already at several hundred LERD actions that need to be completed. So tracking it the traditional way was not going to work. So what we did was, we took our lessons from the right of entry, you know, putting the information into a cloud-based product, which is Smartsheets, and then building bridges to connect that data to other sources for other people to use, and in this case, GIS, 
putting it in another GIS mapping web application for our non-federal sponsor to use. And it's for a non-federal sponsor to use this time because unlike right of entries where it's our realty specialist inputting the efforts and giving status updates on where we're at with acquisition, this time it's the non-federal sponsor in this case that's going to be doing the acquisition. But we wanted to be able to provide details and reporting just as well as we did for rights of entry. The lure tracker is an effort not only just within internally within the core, but it's us working with the non-federal sponsor to build good communication. It kind of raises the bar on what we're delivering for execution. Um, and it also brings in engineering. So these efforts have really tied together. It's not just real estate. We're going outside of kind of our wheelhouse and bringing together multiple practices. And then currently we're working on this variance tracker, which brings in relocations because there are so many, there's some instances where maybe there's, there might be um, a concern of, you know, there's maybe a lot of pipe racks or something that needs to be relocated. The non-federal sponsor being able to infuse their voice into our data and kind of communicate to us maybe some obstacles that they might be up against. So what we're doing is we're working, when they have these kind of obstacles, it might require some sort of variance from design. And that kind of gets into engineering. What we're doing is we're taking our lessons that we've learned this far and then to help engineering streamline a collaboration between themselves and the non-federal sponsor. And it's pretty neat because it starts in GIS and the non-federal sponsor is able to go in and pinpoint areas that they would like to request some sort of variance or at least talk about an issue that they might be having or concern. That then goes into smart sheets. Again, these are kind of like these uh, custom scripts behind the screen that are running. And it populates smart sheets, lets engineering know that there's a new request in, and then smart sheets through some of its automation capabilities start to streamline and handle the review process. And it walks everyone through the process through automated notifications and things like that. It's definitely enhanced our efficiency in handling these matters because, again, with this project being the magnitude that it is, it's not just one or two here. It's, you know, there's probably about like 50 at this point. So it's a lot to handle. So we're working with engineering to kind of help create a system that makes these things easier to put through a review process and maintain the same quality of notes and tracking that we would if, you know, it was only just a few. And I think a big piece in this was the API, being able to bridge together multiple data sets to bring together data and kind of start to create these common understandings. Yeah, that's really exciting. And, and I, you know, I really want to give credit to you and your team for really going outside of your wheelhouse. It sounds like you're able to take a really heavy lift to begin with and then expand out that information and sharing so it not only hit our, you know, our, our sponsors, but then like the engineering team. And, and we know that that can be a challenge in an everyday project that's of a small magnitude to share information. So the fact that you've been able to use 
data and result in data-driven decisions to share information and flag issues like the alligator. And it's great that the landowner actually shared, shared that information with us. So it would have been shocking to the team probably to get out there and, and find an alligator right where they need to, to dig a hole. But, you know, that's really a, an innovative approach. And, and it seems like this has a lot of applicability um, even beyond this and, and possibly beyond, you know, with smaller projects. You know, when you're not talking, you know, 2,000 right of entry, maybe it's you're able to apply this um, somewhere else. And, you know, based on the other podcasts we've done and talking about supplementals, I know sometimes people talk about, uh, process and waivers and things like that. But John, do you want to let us know, has this process, real estate, and, and really this program as a whole, are, are they following kind of the traditional requirements that are needed or were there any special permissions granted that allowed this team to be a little more innovative? You know, I think that's a good, a good point to make. And right now the, the real estate team at Galveston through the leadership of Galveston, had been, had been given latitude to, to solve the problem, right? So we talked about magnitude, right? Uh, but we also continue to talk about and, and emphasize here, you know, the, important, the importance of, of following our, you know, our processes. So, so right now we're not outside the bounds of, of processes or, or standard application, but, but the team is given latitude to find a, a new way to solve a challenging problem. So I think that's really where it started with the leadership of Galveston, again, giving the freedom and flexibility of the real estate team to search out tool, uh, which happened to be an off-the-shelf tool, and then apply some uh, innovation and persistence, right, and also some excitement about sol solving such a, such a large challenge. And, and I think the point that was made a little earlier about uh, collaboration is you know, very important because we've not only seen an expression of collaboration, as you pointed out, uh, internally, right, uh, real estate, engineering, uh, but then also another level of collaboration uh, and communication with our non-federal sponsors. And so that, that's really created a sense of uh, team, right? So, so we're all working uh, from a similar set of information. We're all seeing things in real time. And then we're all seeing where we are able to participate and add value to that. So um, I'll leave it at that for this moment. Thank you. Thanks. I guess one thing I was thinking of, too, is you've mentioned the smart sheets and all this work you've done, Kelsey. And, you know, I'm sure some of our listeners are out there in the real estate community and at districts, and they're thinking, hey, this is going to be a great tool for me. Where can they go to, to get more information on this? Is this something that, you know, they would go to, you know, John at the division to help facilitate this information? Or what's being done to, to spread the word, you know, beyond this podcast of this great work and how other districts can tap into this uh, smart sheets capabilities and the lessons you've learned here? Yeah, so I think there's, you know, definitely several ways to learn more about it if interested. Mr. Loxley is definitely a great source that can get you in touch with us or any other sources about Smartsheets. You can also go, you know, smartsheet.com. Real Estate also does done some demonstrations for some of the subcops. So that's that's kind of our attempt for getting the word out there. Other some other districts have come to us asking about it. And and so Thanks, Kelsey and John. We are reaching the end of our session, um, but before we go, we this is your last chance with the listeners. Um, so is there anything else you would like to share of about these projects or where you guys go from here? I think I'd just like to add that, you know, a big piece to what we did was just keeping um, your goal or vision in mind. It, it was kind of the foundation that kind of drove what we did. 
So, you know, all of the tools that we created were compelled by our goal to deliver on time within budget and then to provide quality data that would help everyone involved to make risk-informed decisions. Just emphasizing teamwork was a really important part of this. It, it, none of this would have been possible if we didn't have, you know, so many people on this project that are so passionate and driven to overcome any of the obstacles that have come in the way. So I really do think that when we take the time and effort to build strong relationships with those that you're working with, I think it definitely creates this kind of office and team culture that can be such a game changer. And I think that it promotes a very healthy, collaborative, and more productive environment. And then also that bringing other data sources together to make powerful products, uh, it can really help with the larger understanding of things, which also kind of goes into teamwork because it's bringing multiple different practices and team members together to create this larger picture. You know, the pace and magnitude of this project definitely challenged our traditional ways, um, but I definitely think that those challenges pushed us toward really innovative approaches that will position us really well for future projects. I'm definitely proud and excited to be a part of it, and, you know, this is kind of just the beginning, and I think there's a lot of exciting things, you know, down the road, and so stay tuned. <laughs> John, do you have anything you'd like to share with the listeners? Uh, well, certainly, you know, thank you to the uh, podcast team for, for offering to hear a little bit more about the um, Southwestern Division Harvey Supplemental Program and specifically the significant efforts that uh, the real estate team in Galveston are undertaking uh, to, to help deliver this program. And it was brought up earlier during our discussion, but the innovations that the real estate team is exercising uh, across uh, rights of entry, right of way acquisition, as well as variances, C certainly are going to be applicable across the regular program. Uh, and so I look forward to continuing to watch the Galveston real estate team uh, be innovative uh, and learn from them how we can, you know, transfer these tools and technologies and, and capabilities uh, potentially across the enterprise. So thank you. Thank you, John and Kelsey, for talking with us today about data-driven decisions and innovation. We appreciate you and your insights. To our listeners, we want to hear from you, what topics are important to you, what people you're interested in hearing from. Until next time, be safe, be innovative, and be revolutionary. To provide your feedback, email us at cw.infrastructure.team at usace.army.mil. Stay tuned for additional Inside the Castle podcasts as we explore life inside the core and revolutionize civil works together.